0: Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website. ClarkDeals.com where you go to save the money. Coming up later, I want to talk about ways to protect yourself from people running around with your social security number. What are the things you need to be on the lookout for now that because of Equifax, two-thirds of adults are vulnerable to various severe forms of identity theft. My son, when he was younger, was obsessed with yard sales, garage sales, estate sales. He didn't know the difference between a garage and yard sale and estate sale, but he just loved going to them. Now I tell him that He used to love them, and he says, no, I didn't. (laughs) It's funny how kids erase history and don't remember things. But anyway, it's an industry that is one that is still very much in the analog era. When you think about estate sales, when, let's say, a family house has to be sold because an elderly relative has passed away, or whatever the circumstance, and you're trying to sell the items in that house... Your market is somewhat limited. You have people who, who go to these sales every weekend, and I've got this chest I found in an estate sale that is in our bedroom that my wife always assumes, and she's right 99% of the time, that I'm going to have like the worst taste in the world. And I got her in the car. I said, honey, you got to come see this. She says, this is another ugly thing. I said, no, no, please. And we go look at it. She says, that is Beautiful. And it now sits in our bedroom. And it was a steal of a deal. It was an antique. Who knew? It was it was just a great bargain. But that's kind of like needle in a haystack thing that I got lucky. Well, now there's a website I read about on an ad agency um, trade magazine site called Everything But the House. It's an e-commerce company that has these warehouses all over the country, and they do estate sales online and so instead of just reaching people in a neighborhood or in uh, you know in a community they can reach the whole country it's better potentially for the sellers because they have a much wider audience better for you as a buyer because people are becoming so comfortable with buying things online just looking at little pictures of it and so this is a potential opportunity of a way for you to get a deal or for you as a seller is a way to actually be able to sell a lot more of your merchandise than you would otherwise. One of the great advantages is that your house is emptied out quicker that you need to get emptied out because the stuff that they're willing to take, they come and they load it up and it's gone. They take it and the house is emptied out. So they are the ones that write the descriptions. They do everything turnkey. They get a third, you get two thirds. And so when you're trying to sell stuff, look at everything but the house. When you're looking for stuff to buy that you think is going to be a deal, look at it. And maybe who knows, you might score a real bargain. Tyler's with us on the Clark Howard show. Hi, Tyler. How are you?
1: I'm doing very well, Claude. Thanks for having me on.
0: Sure. So, Tyler, you are 25 years old, and you're thinking about 40 years down the road. Is that true?
1: Yes, sir, it is. All
0: right. So what in the world has motivated you at 25 to worry about 65?
1: Well, um, to be honest, we've uh, my, my family, we never really had a, a ton of money, and it's just something that I've thought about. I've always said, you know, I want to make sure that when I'm older and married, if I want to buy a house, I can buy a house that I can afford. Um, I can send my kids through college and, and everything like that. And it's just, uh, it's definitely always been a priority for
0: me. Good for you. And that shows real discipline and foresight on your part. How can I be of help with that?
1: The reason it really spurred me wanting to get started saving or investing is I actually just received a raise at work about 10%. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm able to save a little bit of money right now. Um, but I'd really like to start investing for my retirement, which is something that I, I haven't done before. So I feel like I'm kind of split between two paths, path A, going and saving in a 401k or an IRA or something of that nature, or route B and paying down some of my debt. Um, right now, I have about 25000 in student loan debt, and that's the only thing that I really have. So I'm I'm kind of torn on what I want to do, um, prioritizing you know how I want to set myself up.
0: So let's talk about the student loan debt. Are your student loans federal? Yes, sir, they are. And are they carrying an average interest rate of around four percent, five, six? Do you know what they're at?
1: They vary. Um, the lowest is about three percent, and the highest is about six point five.
0: Right. So the six point five would be a priority for you to pay on if you treated it as a pyramid of priorities you would pay minimums on your lower federal student loans and throw as much money as you can at that 6.5 okay so when you ask me how do you decide between the two paying aggressively on the 25k in student loans or saving for retirement there is not an automatic right answer so let's talk about your employer's 401k plan Do they offer any form of match?
1: They do. They'll do up to 2%. So that's the maximum that I can get uh, of what I contribute to my 401k.
0: So if you put in 2%, they match it dollar for dollar, another 2%? Uh, They'll do 50%.
1: I'm sorry. It's 50% up to a 2% maximum.
0: Okay. So I'm trying to follow that. So if you put in four, they'll put in two? Correct. And then if I put in
1: 10, they'll put in two.
0: Okay, so I would say if you will put in 8% of your pay into the 401k and pick up their 2% match, you'll be saving effectively 10% of your pay. Mm -hmm. And then whatever excess you have, you do that priority I talked about with the federal student loans. Minimum against everything else is much money from this raise, and otherwise you can throw towards the 6.5% loan. And when you wipe that one out, you go to your next highest loan, and you put your emphasis on that. Okay, great. So you don't want to do one to the exclusion of the other, particularly with a 6% interest rate. That's a pretty high rate. So paying on the student loans is important, but picking up the free money from your employer and staying on track for retirement is important also. And do you have a Roth 401k option where you work? Or only a traditional four hundred one k,
1: only a traditional.
0: Well, it'd be better if you had the Roth, but at least do the traditional and do that eight percent. Mike is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Mike. Clark, how are you?
2: Everything's great. I appreciate it.
0: How can I be of service to you, well, Mike? Clark,
2: um, my term life you know, is running out, and I don't think I'm going to be uh, you know be able to afford whole. So I was looking into thing about burial insurance just to at least cover that for right now. And I just, I see all these ads and I just, I don't know anything about what to look for and what they offer.
0: So you're worried that there won't be any money to take care of you after you pass away, and that's why you're looking for a small policy for that? A
2: small policy. What I'm going to do is figure out money that I would spend on trying to buy whole insurance, just kind of put it into an annuity or something rather than just pay for life insurance, but I want to get burial policy because we you know, we just had a death in the family last year, and uh, they were
0: unprepared, so I want to make well, sure. I'm sorry about your loss, and I'm sorry that they didn't have the finances. Let's talk about alternatives to you. First of all, I want to go to something very basic. Are you going to do a burial or cremation?
2: Uh, I'm, going to be, I'm a vet. I want to get buried in a national cemetery.
0: Which is free? Yeah. So you're worried about the expense of...
2: Just, the, just the, whole, the flat, you know, the ten grand basically would have cost to bury somebody. It seems like.
0: Well, but you said you would be free anyway because you'd be buried in a military cemetery. Yeah, but
2: as far as the uh, all the preparing the body in a casket, and all that stuff, doesn't that uh, that's a couple. Well, it
0: doesn't have to be expensive. Mm-hmm. I want to get to the core here about uh, instead of it being something that you look at as a mountain that has to be dealt with, possibly with insurance getting it to a very reasonable cost that wouldn't be a burden or an issue for family. Mm-hmm. One thing I want you to know about all over the country, there are co-ops that you can join, and usually you pay like $20, 30 $40, maybe 50 for a lifetime membership, mm-hmm. and they get you really, really inexpensive funeral services. Oh, okay. And, I mean, really inexpensive. So of course with the burial being handled by by one of the veterans' cemeteries then for you we're talking tiny money. Mm-hmm. And there's a website you can go to called funerals.org.
2: Funerals, I'm writing it down, funerals.org.
0: Okay. And you'll be able to see if there is one near you you could join and then you take that worry out of your mind. Okay. But the purpose of insurance should be to provide for family or survivors. Are there people who are going to depend on you financially that you should anyway have life insurance? Okay.
2: Are there? Uh, Yeah, which is my wife. The kids are all grown, and there's no problem there.
0: So I would say getting another term life insurance policy, if you're healthy to do that, would be the best idea.
2: Well, I'm 61. I've got high blood pressure. That's about the... The scope of the problems I have.
0: So if that's all you got, then you may well, they with the high blood pressure, they may charge a little more, but term is so cheap mm-hmm. that having a term policy for your wife would be something I think would still be useful. Okay. On the issue of an annuity, were you career military?
2: No. I okay. did 12 years.
0: And do you have a pension from anywhere you worked?
2: No, I'm still working.
0: You're still working? Mm-hmm. Okay, so do they have a 401k where you are?
2: I have a 401k and I have stock, and they do have a small life insurance policy.
0: All right. So if you can't medically underwrite, you know, if they say with your high blood pressure we're not going to write a policy for you, the one from work ought to be something that you could provide to your wife, right, and may well be enough for you to have.
2: Now she wants to be cremated, so this, this, definitely she wants to. You know, she doesn't want to be uh, buried.
0: So then, the funerals, the funeral site I talked about, mm-hmm. can save a fortune for her too. Okay, and you're not looking at big money at all. Okay, through one here. of them. So you mentioned annuity.
3: Yeah.
0: Now you know that we don't allow cussing on our show. Uh huh. And annuities are a cuss word on this. Okay,
2: show. all right. Be careful with those. What should I look into, do you think?
0: Well, that's why I was asking. If you're doing the 401k where you work, that's where you should principally put in your energies. Okay, max it out. Max out that. Be well diversified. And at the time you retire, call me and we'll talk about what you should do with the money that you built up in that 401k. Jason joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Jason. Hello,
3: Clark. How are you?
0: Great. Thank you, Jason. How can I be of service to you?
3: Well, I wanted to get your thoughts on an idea I had for savings, long-term savings, where I basically withdraw from my home equity line, which is very, very low rate, 1.9, and put it into savings and then pay back the loan You know, to my retirement savings and then pay the loan back.
0: So let me see if I understand. You pay 1.9%. What are you going to earn on it?
3: I don't know. I was hoping it would be more than 1.9, but my problem is I struggle to save large amounts. So forcing myself to pay that loan back, but putting in $15,000 into my savings and let that, you know, my retirement savings, letting that grow and then forcing myself to pay the loan back.
0: How interesting. I have never heard anybody Ah. suggest... Anything like it. It's like you're trying to get yourself to change your habits with money yeah. by creating a loan obligation that you right. use the loan money to get your retirement funded and then you're forced to pay back the loan.
3: Right, because my credit score is excellent near 800 and I've always been good at saving, uh, excuse me, uh, paying my bills. I'm not the type of person who's going to put 200 here, 100 there into the savings. So I'm more or less forcing myself to save to
0: keep my credit score high Wow I am fascinated by it because uh, you know one of the hottest areas in economics now is what's known as behavioral economics where uh-huh. economists study how is it you motivate somebody to get something done I, uh-huh. I have never made a suggestion along the lines of yours but if you feel like it'll create the discipline you need to yeah. save where you're not saving yeah. um, gosh I guess I guess you can go for it, but that amount of money you can't put into a retirement account all at once. uh oh, I can't.: No, the maximum you can put in because you're doing Roths, or do you have a 401k uh, I, at work or
3: I, IRAs Roth and uh, simple
0: all right I have so, both. Oh you do have access to a simple yes, self-employed. Uh, yes. do you have any employees? No,
3: no, it's a family business.
0: All right, but you're the only employee. Uh, yes, yep. If you were the sole employee, there's a, a new wrinkle to this that would be superior potentially to you funneling money into a simple. Okay. And that is called a self-employed or solo 401k. Okay. You can do that with, you're already with one of the low-cost providers. You yeah. can set up a self-employed or solo 401k with them. And it gives you more flexibility down the road than you have with the simple. Okay. And this, there's nothing simple about a simple. Huh. The right. rules are crazy, so the name is a lie. For people who aren't aware, a simple is a specialized plan for small businesses to save for retirement. And with no employees other than yourself, talk to uh, – you're with Fidelity? Uh, uh, yes, sir. Talk to Fidelity about doing the self-employed 401K okay don't get into any of the stuff with them about how you're going to funnel money into it from borrowing no. from the uh, home equity line right 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 but the I home equity line interest rate. rate you have is subject to change when interest rates rise that the federal reserve controls yeah so you'll have to be prepared that the hurt could get a little higher down the road which will give you more motivation to get that paid off
3: yeah well it was locked in for a year guaranteed rate finally, okay a year to pay it back
0: great Well, with the self-employed 401k, you're able to put a significant amount of money aside. Okay. And I would look at that as where you would fund this money. And what an interesting idea I have never – I can't ever remember a prior situation where I've said, yeah, sounds like a good idea for you to borrow against your home to fund a retirement account, but in your circumstance with your reasons for doing it, Let's go for it. And I can say let's because you're the one who's going to have to pay it back, not me. It's my pleasure to join you here on the Clark Howard Show. That's right, join you because we're all in this together as we learn from each other. I hope you learn ideas from me so that you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website. And you want to follow me on Facebook? Easy. Facebook.com slash Howard. Also, something that's become easy, unfortunately, because of the massive Equifax data breach, am I going to be talking about that the rest of my days? Two-thirds of American adults, approximately, have all their key information out there where a criminal can have a field day. And I could overwhelm you and tell you all the ways they might cause mischief in your life, and I don't want to do that. But I want to tell you the things that, because your Social Security number is out there, the areas where you need to be particularly cautious. If you are someone who is approaching Social Security age and you have not set up an account with Social Security, please do so. MySocialSecurity.gov. You want to set that up because the advantage of that is that if somebody attempts to apply for benefits as if they're you, you're going to know it quickly. It's important that you know quickly because one of the vulnerabilities that's out there because of Equifax is the ability for criminals using your information falsely with a fake driver's license and all the rest and your social security number to apply for benefits. And let's say you're waiting, let's say you're 63 and you're not planning to take benefits till you're 66 or 67. They could be getting benefits for years that are your benefits and affect how much check you'll get when you eventually really apply and you got to un- un- unstick that mess. I mean, it's an ugly thing. That's why I want you to set up a MySocialSecurity.gov. Now, you know, most common thing that you think of is somebody opening accounts as if they're you. And I've talked at length about credit freeze, and among people who listen to my show, I'm sure there's a meaningful percentage that have gone through the process of freezing your credit. But overall, in the general population, perhaps only 1% or so have taken the time and spent the money to freeze credit. But until you freeze your credit you're really, really vulnerable. But you know, before you freeze your credit, I want you to go to Credit Karma or Credit Sesame or both and set up free monitoring of what's going on in your life, be able to see what's going on with your credit and credit scores and all the rest. Free, free, free. And then once you've done that, and by the way, the social security thing I talked about, you need to do that before you freeze your credit if you're of age for that. Then go through the process of freezing your credit. If you go look at clark.com slash Equifax, you'll see how to do that. Now, Another thing that has been a big problem in recent years is people filing tax returns as if they're you. Again, because of the Equifax breach, that potentially could have been much worse this next, this coming up filing season, but I'm not worried about it very much because the IRS in particular has gotten much better at ferreting out when somebody is filing a false return as if they're you. So just some basics, and other things will come up that you need to protect yourself from. And, you know, you can't protect yourself from all eventualities. But take care of the things that are the greatest vulnerabilities, and you won't have to worry quite as much. Debbie's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Debbie. Hi, how are you today? Great, thank you, Debbie. You have a question you're hoping I'll be of some use on.
4: (laughs) I hope so. I have a very close friend, young friend, who's interested in a career in sports broadcasting. And there's some schools out there that kind of specialize in this. And um, he had received some material from one of them, and they had asked him to come out and listen to the presentation and talk to them. And, you know, these sales pitches can be pretty strong
0: for sure. people
4: to sign up.
0: And how and much is it to attend this? From what
4: I found, it's about $11,000, you know, for the course, I guess. And, and how um, long
0: is the course to be a broadcaster?
4: I didn't get all that information. He did say that it was months <laughs> instead of years or longer. You see know what I mean? So it was like it was months the person could be finished and doing this. And so I was concerned, you know, about that, and I wanted to – I kind of brained on his break a little bit about going, <laughs> and I just wanted to know, is are these type of places legitimate? Are they – you know, do they really get you the type of education that you're looking for to get in the field? I mean, I was kind of suggesting college and internship, but, you know.
0: Debbie, that's because you're really, really smart and experienced, because – I am not a fan of these, uh, let's call them linear programs where you go for usually a number of months, and then at that point, there you are, you're ready to go be a broadcaster. I'll tell you that sports broadcasting is extremely popular among students now that are getting journalism or communications or broadcasting degrees, and there are far more people looking for jobs in that than there are actually jobs available. Right. Okay. And so I think that it's better to go to a traditional four-year college. Okay. Get a broadcasting degree and then try to start getting internships as a sophomore. Don't wait. Okay. And you know, it's not one of those fields that I think just jumping right in and like it's like trying to have an instant breakfast
4: (laughs) yes i understand
0: so i i don't advise that this is one that requires a extremely well-balanced diet which normally i would not have because (laughs) you're going to get your core courses you're going to get a full education you get the bachelor's degree and let's say it doesn't pan out getting a job as a sports broadcaster so many other doors open simply by having the bachelor's degree
4: right thank you
0: so much that was what you wanted me to say too wasn't it
4: well i kind of thought that but i was hoping you would
0: (laughs) and if and if he doesn't want to hear it Mm -hmm. why don't you have him call in and i'll tell him the same thing okay okay all right thank you so much thanks debbie jonathan's with us on the clark howard show hi jonathan Hello, how are you doing? Great. So, Jonathan, you have been on a tough path with credit, but things are getting better, and you want to talk about that. Is that right?
5: Yes. I have been on a tough path, path with credit, and I'm working on that slowly but surely. But I recently had something happen that has put me in the position of needing a new house. I've gained custody of my kids from my first marriage, and I went from having one kid in the house to having two. And we do not have enough room. So at this point in time, I was not really wanting to buy a house because I was taking care of other things, but the need has arose and we've kind of lived with it for about a year and a half and it just, it's too much and we really need a bigger house. So we decided that we were going to at least investigate whether it was the right thing to do or whether we could do it with. Our current situation.
0: So tell me, please, if you could, do you know what your current credit score is? It's right at 600. Okay, so you're within shouting distance of being able to get an FHA loan.
5: I think so. I don't know a whole lot about the FHA loans.
0: Well, that's what, if you've had a rough time with credit, you're now in the ballpark of 600. It puts you into eligibility, potentially, for an FHA loan, and that's the likeliest loan that you want to target. They have low down payments, and it will allow you to qualify for today's still very low interest rates. The beauty okay. of if the necessity now of having a bigger house gets you into one that you're buying is you'll lock in a very low cost per month because the interest rates being so extremely low. Okay. So I would... Start by going to the FHA website at HUD.gov and okay. find for your area of the country, there will be local housing counseling agencies that work. Will you be a first time home buyer or will this be? I will be a first time home buyer, but my people will not. All right. So. But you'll be a first time home buyer. Yes. Look at the programs available in your area because they're a path to home ownership in that. You go through their financial counseling, and they also help you get that first loan. And depending on where you live, there may be some local money available that are not FHA loans, but would be better than an FHA loan that you might be eligible for. There could be loans that have come out of the fines and penalties that the banks were assessed for their bad behavior during the real estate bust.
5: Okay. So Now, my, my fiancé is also a veteran. Um, would that help us out in any yes. way, do you think?
0: Yes, that is an alternative, is doing the VA loan program, and that might be, with that additional information, that might be a superior path to go. But I still think it's worth it, especially with having had past difficulty with credit, to go through the housing counseling because it makes you a much better homeowner and you're able much better to manage your money, and it would give you a wider option of loans beyond just the VA loan or FHA loan. Okay. And so you go to HUD.gov and then go to the FHA section, and do you have any unpaid debts that are in charge-off status right now?
5: Uh, Yes, I have medical debt, and I have a little bit of student loan debt.
0: All right, so that stuff may spoil, may create difficulty for you in being able to borrow. Are you a Credit Karma person yet? Do you know about Credit Karma? No, I do not. The website Credit, K-A-R-M-A, Credit Karma, go register there. You're going to be able to track what's going on with your credit thoroughly and see what things you really need to focus on. That will also make that counseling I'm talking about even more relevant because they'll make sure that you have your credit just right in order to be able to proceed with borrowing for a home Nancy's with us on the Clark Howard show hi Nancy hi Clark thanks for taking my call my pleasure you have a question that used to be very common but not at all recently what are you thinking of doing
6: Well, I have about 47,000 unused miles, and I would really rather have the cash, but I did a little uh, online research, and it says that those brokers are not a good idea. It's like opening a can of worms.
0: That is true. You know, it was a very, very common trade years ago that people would sell their frequent flyer miles, and there were these shady brokers, because it was not, allowed under the terms of frequent flyer programs so they kind of operated in a gray zone that would be the match game of your miles with somebody who wants to fly somewhere cheaper and they would get a cut and you would get the rest but now that the airlines have merged down to just three full fare airlines american united and delta all are very sophisticated with their computer systems for their frequent flyer programs and they specifically look for activity involved with people uh, selling their frequent flyer miles if you were to do it with a friend or a family member where you gave them miles and they in turn did something nice for you that's okay but going through the broker's I think you're asking for trouble.
6: Well, I've looked at the um, what I can redeem them for. I have redeemed them for a hotel, and that was very easy, but they make it so difficult with getting flights because they require so many, and I think there are levels of, like, if flights are available or not so available or difficult, then they take even more miles. So I was looking at you know, merchandise or whatever that I can redeem. And I'd really rather have a Visa gift card or something like that. But the gift cards that they list are pretty much for theme parks and stuff.
0: Yeah, so the, the redemptions are by far the most valuable for air flights. But the beef with the airlines has been, particularly with the fare Airlines, is that the redemptions are so extremely difficult that it has become a very hard thing for you to turn those into any real value, even for yourself. I know. So...
6: I guess I should just save it and upgrade, for, upgrade to first class or use it for cars or hotels or something.
0: I would use it for upgrades to first class, probably not the hotels or cars. Okay. That would be the best use. But I'm I'm not excited by you getting into that world of selling those points because the airline figures it out. It's really bad for everybody involved.
7: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Our web address, clark.com. When you got a question for me, go clark.com slash ask. Sue is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Sue.
6: Hey, thanks for taking my call. I do
0: appreciate it. Sue, Uh, you're getting a a call that I am so glad... You're sharing with your fellow listener.
6: Oh, okay. Well, the last few days, we've had calls, don't know who they're from, but they're very broken English, telling us we have a virus on our computer. And we, we've had a little trouble with it, but we've also gone local and had them fix it. But is this some kind of a scam? I just don't understand how they can tell you. That does not
0: compute. Yeah, it's 100% a scam, Sue, and it's okay. an ugly one. What they do is they are clairvoyant. They are predicting the future. They have the best crystal ball ever, (laughs) because if you let them con you, what they do is they ask you to go to your computer and give them certain identifying uh, string of code numbers that they'll ask for, Uh and when you give them those, they will be able remotely from anywhere in the world to seize your computer and then put the very virus on it that they told you you had oh my goodness and so then they're able to uh, either use that as a way to uh, surreptitiously get uh, login information on bank accounts or whatever or just go straight for the jugular and shut your computer down cold and then tell you you have to pay them a ransom to get it back it can take either form
6: yeah, I, I sort of figured that that's what it was. We actually hung up on them, um, but that but we keep getting the calls. Uh, I yeah, think.
0: because all they need is they need one time for you to say, well, yeah, the computer has been acting funny, and wow. you give them control, and then nothing funny happens from there. Oh, my
4: goodness.
0: So anytime, and see, I'm so glad you called, because these phone calls are happening all over America, and it's just so important that people be aware of, if they get one of those calls the people at the other end need to hear mr buzz you familiar with my friend mr buzz
4: Uh,
6: that's
0: the dial tone where you hang up the phone
5: (laughs) yes okay
0: (laughs) so you did just the right thing and you also did a better thing by warning many other people you get that call you click that call off you're listening to the clark howard show